Hello and welcome to an unpacked short. I'm Charlie Pickles. I edit our capitalism theme here at Unheard, and I'm of course joined by the unpacked guru, our author, Peter Franklin. Hello. Hello. And I'm also joined, which I'm delighted about, by Sally Chatterton. Welcome. Hello. Sally is our deputy editor here at Unheard. Today, we are talking about what is possibly my favourite unpacked so far, and I'm afraid not because of the subject matter, but because it comes with a picture of the Avengers, the superheroes. So um, before I tell you exactly why it comes with a picture of the superheroes, I am going to ask the question of my guests, which is your favourite superhero family? Peter. It would have to be the X-Men, I'm afraid. Right, well, we're going to move on from that, because we're wrong about that. Sally, can you come up with the right answer? It's the Avengers. Obviously. Obviously, Charlotte, are you going to tell us why, Charlotte? Well, because the Avengers are just clearly superior, not least because they have Thor and the Hulk and Iron Man in them. So uh, we're going to move on from Peter's error there and hope that uh, he can provide... Glossing. Exactly. Better insight uh, on the subject. So today's subject is, is Amazon's attempt to disrupt the healthcare industry heroic or villainous. Peter, can you explain why we're talking about this? Okay, well, the analogy I've drawn um, with with superheroes is that um, three sort of giants in their field have come together to tackle America's healthcare sector. And they are Amazon, um, obviously one of the biggest retailers, probably the biggest retailer now, um, J.P. Morgan Chase, America's biggest bank, and uh, Berkshire Hathaway, uh, which is headed up by America's um, richest investor, certainly its most famous investor, Warren Buffett. So three enormous names have come together to form a not-for-profit, um, which is going to come together and try and provide healthcare to their own employees. Which presumably is quite numerous. Oh, yes, yes. So, uh, you know, they've got thousands upon thousands yep. of employees between them. Um, in America, of course, um, employers often provide health care through various sort of insurance schemes. Um, and they want to do it more efficiently and with less price gouging than they're getting at the moment. And obviously, America's healthcare sector is infamous for its, its you know, sort of extremely high costs. I mean, just ridiculous costs. Well, and they also, I think, spend, between them, including pharmaceuticals, spend the most on lobbying government as well. So one of the hardest areas to reform. Um, so I'm particularly interested in the fact that this is a not-for-profit venture, which maybe seems slightly counterintuitive given the players involved. Yes, but um, obviously... In the first instance, they're providing for their own needs. Um, so obviously they're trying to reduce their costs rather than making profits. But if they can make their new model of healthcare provision work, and it's still rather unclear um, as to exactly what they have in mind, they've made a big announcement, but as um, Derek Thompson in The Atlantic um, writes about, um, he says the, the actual details are rather sketchy, but the mission is rather exciting. And the impact it's had on the market uh, is a great turn of phrase, I think he uses it, that uh, Amazon is a kind of deflationary death star. That's right, yes, because wherever they um, enter a market, they bring down prices. 
and bring down the share prices of their competitors. And this has been no exception. We've seen several uh, prominent American healthcare companies um, see their price, um, their share prices, not exactly collapse, but you know, take a big dent when this announcement was made. Now, which is precisely the yes. point of competition, right? That you want to drive down prices. So, okay. You make a comparison with the NHS in your Unpacked. Why are you doing that? Well, because the NHS was originally formed um, after the war from a whole range of different providers, um, some in the voluntary sector, some in the private sector, some municipal. And the idea was that by bringing them all under one roof, um, you could squeeze out inefficiencies, um, you could uh, reduce costs um, and you could ensure uh, a universal provision. Now, um, a company like Amazon plus its allies, they could do something similar at scale like that. So this is all about scale and it's all about integration. Which, but, which, which is good, but I mean, I was, Sally, I was going to bring you in there because I mean, Yes, that is what the NHS was supposed to do. But, you know, we hear here in the UK stories every day about how the NHS is running out of money. Actually, it's not very efficient. I mean, and Sally, the, what do all you the think? Bits, all the bits of reform have been piecemeal, haven't they? And it's, they've just tinkered at the edges of this massive behemoth. Whereas what Amazon has is, as you say in your piece, a technological mastery which it could bring to bear on the health system, which is in a way that the NHS just hasn't managed to do. Well, that's right. I mean, if you think about um, the trouble that, that there's been trying to um, make uh, patients' medical records available online, something you'd think was relatively mm. simple. It just can't do digital stuff, can it, the NHS? And I uh, think well, need- well it's, it's not just that, though, either. It's just, it's just there are huge inefficiencies. I mean, if you think of the Carter review that was done, I can't remember what, a couple of years ago now, um, and... and Carter said that if you if each hospital effectively replicated the the kind of most efficient hospital, then they could save five billion pounds every year just from delivering efficiencies. So, so I guess you know in drawing the comparison between the NHS and between you know the kind of Amazon et al partnership is can Amazon and the other two partners drive through the sorts of changes that actually the NHS, which fundamentally, whilst there is this sort of central, you know, wrapper on it, is still a load of individual mm. kind of hospitals, GPs, public health, yeah. you know, et cetera, Exactly, et because, and what Peter says at the end is, well, you, you sort of pose the question, you know, is disruption a bad thing? And surely that's exactly what the NHS needs, this sort of disruption in order to make itself sort of remake its home. Absolutely. And, and so just... Finally, to wrap up what is a fascinating piece, um, one of the things you also say at the end, Peter, is that you know this is another example of the tech giant stepping into um, an area which typically had been government owned in some way, mm. and you know this this I think in in some ways is is both obviously a good thing in that it's competition and you know we should have competition not just amongst private or voluntary sector organizations but also with the government which is partly the challenge and problem with the NHS but you know Sally should we be worried about this? Surely the problem with the tech giants um, getting involved in government is that with government we have accountability there are processes there are elections, elections yeah. there and but with with um, people like Musk and Gates and Bezos ruling the world who sort of takes them to task who who calls that pulls them up? 
Yeah, exactly. Peter? Well, that is true, and there's no answer to that. Um, it is a worry. On the other well, hand... Although surely part of the answer has to be regulation. It has to be a framework within which these companies can operate. Well, yes. Yes, it is. But remember, that what they're immune from, however, which democracy isn't, is lobbying. And they don't have to listen to the lobbyists, but for some reason, government does. And that's why health reform, in America especially, has been undermined, weakened, and you'll find lobbyists behind that. Amazon do doesn't have to listen to them. When, and actually not just in America, not just private sector lobbyists. I mean, if you look at America, trade unions spend a vast amount of money lobbying. And one could argue, perhaps slightly controversially, that you know, doctors' organisations, nurses' organisations, etc., in the UK are just as much lobbying for you know, what they want from the NHS as uh, private lobbying in America. But perhaps we'll not open that, that can of worms um, right now. So thank you so much for listening to this Unpacked Short. We're very grateful to you. Can I also thank, obviously, Peter and Sally for the discussion and our producer, James Coney. Um, please do subscribe if you haven't already on whatever the app is that you listen to your podcasts. And if you've enjoyed it, and why on earth wouldn't you have, uh, then please do rate us as well. <laughs>